Hello, Podfam, and hello, Rachel. How are you today? I am doing well, Laura. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. I've got a cup of tea here with me, and we are going to talk about a really fun topic today. We're going to put our mindset back into when we were in the beautiful country of Thailand. We're just having a nice full circle back to episode one. Yeah, I thought, you know what? We are in lockdown number 537 in Ontario, so we need to go to a happy place. And I don't know about you, but Thailand was a very happy place for me. Yeah, you can never top the happiness of two girls in uh, Donna Sheridan-like skirts uh, singing ABBA at a karaoke bar. That, That was our peak. We peaked. (laughs) It really was. Never really had a party night like that on our trip since. You just couldn't top it. No, because then life got busy and COVID. Yeah. COVID. That's all. Ruined everything. Yeah, that's all. So. Yeah. Anyway, as we start off every podcast, what are you drinking today? I have a ginger tea today because I had like four pieces of pizza at lunchtime. And I'm just feeling a little um, stuffy, feeling a little stuffy. Feeling a little bit like stuffed crust? Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever find when you eat, uh, I'm going to sound so annoying here, but when you eat wheat and it feels like your joints kind of get a little stiff? Yeah, sometimes. Does that happen to you? Yeah, occasionally. Okay. Yeah. I think it's because of the fact that I had five pieces of pizza last night and then had four today for leftovers. So I really did it to myself, but that's why we have ginger tea. Yes, it makes it all better. Yes. Well, I'm drinking something a little similar. Okay. And that is a lemon ginger tea. Oh, there's oh, no yeah. fancy name for it this time? No, no, because it's uh, it's it's generic. Oh. Not proud about it, but... One of those um, grocery store purchases. Yeah, I, I I didn't buy it, but it was in the it was in the cabinet. So, um, you know, I think for every episode, I've either had honey lavender tea, lala lavender, or peppermint, and I was just mm-hmm. like, um, I think I got to mix it up. So, you know, I dug around in the in the pantry and found a a lemon ginger. So that is what I'm having tonight. I mean, that sounds fantastic. As I was making my tea today and pulling herbal tea number 20 out of the drawer, I was just laughing to myself a little bit how every episode it's like, oh, what did you, what are you drinking today? And I'm like, oh, here's my basic ginger, peppermint, maybe some lemon sometimes. And you're like, here's a really, really fun name for this really, really fun tea. (laughs) (laughs) I'm waiting on on some tea to come in. I need one more person to tell me what they want and then I can hit that order button and then the fun names will be back. I'm so excited. Just oh, just yeah. making sure, just making sure that my mom's order is on there. Yes, it is. Don't worry. Great. We don't forget about her. I know better. Yeah. I mean, all she said was iced tea. So. Hey, it's getting warm. It's going to be warm one day. So we need to be ready. Let me tell you. I was like, oh, mom, what tea specifically do you want? She's like, I don't know, fruit. <laughs> fruit that would be good as iced tea. And I was like, okay, there. I don't think you understand how big the catalog is, but okay. <laughs> and it's okay because then I don't mind when people tell me that because there's always like the, the go-to favorites that everyone loves for fruit tea. 
But then mm-hmm. they always throw something new in and I'm like, ooh, I'm going to get that for that person and then they can let me know how it is. So it's a, it's a good little experiment. I have a question for you actually because yes. as I was re-editing one of our episodes from the past, I was on the episode where we discussed um, your tea facts. And oh, my tea I kind of I kind of wanted to know if you had a tea fact for me today that Ooh. you could just spitball, pull out of your pocket. Oh, yeah. I got one. Great. Uh, so let's talk about one of my favorite types of tea, rooibos. Okay. Have I talked about rooibos teas yet? No. Also also pronounced rooibos, depending on who you are. Rooibos. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so many ways to pronounce it. So rooibos tea, one of my ultimate favorites. It is a red African bush tea, and it actually does not have any natural caffeine in it. So it is perfect if you are someone who wants a tea at night or you're super sensitive to caffeine. And one of my favorite things about this tea is when people use it for like building tea flavors, it's such like a smooth, mellow tea that it doesn't matter what you mix it with, whatever flavor you've you've added, like lavender or cinnamon, cardamom, anything like that, those flavors just shine with a rooibos. Because I find with like the classic green tea, black tea, white tea, yes, people do flavors, but underlying you really have that strong flavor of like just regular tea. Okay. Where with the rooibos, you don't get that. You just get this like beautiful flavor palette of anything you've mixed it with. So there's your tea fact for today. I really, really want a rooibos tea now. Or ru- is it rooibos? I oh, like saying I, I that hear, version. You know, I, I know. I hear like people pronounce it differently every time. I say rooibos, mm-hmm. but you know, it's rooibos. It's, you know, whatever, whatever you want to call it. It's, it's a really good tea. That's all that matters. It depends how fancy you want to sound that day. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. But how are we going to approach the topic of Thailand? Because it's a pretty broad subject, I would say. Yes, it is. So I'm kind of thinking maybe we'll start with where we actually went. Okay. Because, I mean, there's so many places you can go in Thailand, but we really narrowed it down and uh, we'll, we'll see where it goes from there. You know, we're going to talk about where we've stayed, how we lived, experiences, cost, and then most importantly, you know, some safety and how to be respectful in that culture. How's that sound? That sounds good, particularly the levels of safety, because we are really, really far from home. So that was very important to us. Exactly. So let's get into it. Um, So I feel like Thailand is like a huge bucket list place for a lot of people and honestly I can't recommend it enough it's one of the my most favorite places I've ever traveled to um what's your opinion on that Rachel yeah I'm pretty similar on that especially when you are a young person who really wants to experience different cultures and to see different parts of the world while still also being to be honest on a budget it's a great place to go where it's like so rich in experiences, but it's also affordable for you. Yeah, definitely affordable. And to kind of lay it out for for our listeners. So um, we've talked a little bit about the big trip we took back in 2019. And the Thailand leg of our trip, we were there for about two weeks. 
Mm-hmm. And we started our trip off in Thailand in Bangkok. So that was quite an experience. That city is massive. It's beautiful. It's so cultured. Mm-hmm. But wow, it was a bit of a culture shock for us that first day. Yeah. On our first night in Thailand, we honestly just had rice. Yep. <laughs> because we couldn't we couldn't find another restaurant. So we just had some white rice. Yes, we had also just traveled for like 17, 20 hours or so. Yeah. Was that was – that, no, because we went right to sleep when we got there. Wasn't that the end of the day, the next day, after we literally walked from one end of Bangkok to the other? Yes, it was. Yeah, because yeah. we, <laughs> we didn't spend a lot of time in, in Bangkok. And I know some people, they love big cities. They want that huge – you know, rush of different people, different cultures. And you're definitely going to get that with Bangkok. Like it's literally a melting pot of these incredible little pockets all over the city of of different cultures. Mm-hmm. Um, for Rachel and I, we were very much on the same page where we kind of like the, the slower pace. Yeah. So Bangkok was just kind of like a, a passing through for us. And mm-hmm. it was definitely interesting. Like we did Kosan Road and experienced the craziness of that with, you know, mm-hmm. scorpions on sticks and shows and music everywhere and huge vendors and all that. And it was incredible. But we were like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, <laughs> what did we get yeah. ourselves into? And it was a lot. <laughs> yeah. Like it was coming from like a super small town where you know everyone to being like on the other side of the world just surrounded by thousands and thousands of people we're mm-hmm. like oh my gosh this is wild so if you are looking for the nightlife the partying that is your city to go it is so cool but i think for for our travel purposes i was kind of glad we did the two days And then we were off to uh, northern Thailand up to Chiang Mai. Yeah. And before we actually jump into that, because we definitely spent a lot more time there. So our Bangkok section is pretty short. But just for people wondering how tourist friendly would you say Bangkok was? I'm actually going to say it was fairly tourist friendly Mm -hmm. um, because everyone was so nice. And I feel like there were a lot of people before we left on our trip, when we said we were going to Bangkok for a few days, they immediately were like, oh my God, you two are just going by yourself. Like you're going to get kidnapped. You're going to get like mugged. And that is so not true about Thailand. Like they are the kindest people. Mm -hmm. And even, you know, when we were lost for four hours, when we did ask for help, they were more than happy to help us. And, you know, we were never approached. We never felt uncomfortable. I I would rate it a fairly safe city. You know, obviously you need to be smart when you're traveling anywhere. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I would say it's actually, it's actually a pretty safe place. Yeah. And honestly, on that note, because we went to Australia and New Zealand right after Thailand, I felt much more unsafe as a woman in Australia and New Zealand than I did in Thailand ever. Yes, I can definitely agree with that. I mean, in uh, Rotorua, New Zealand, we had walked, what, four blocks to an ice cream store? Yeah. And we were followed by a group of guys. And we had to duck into a store and the uh, shop owner kind of helped us uh, get back to our to our hostel because we, we did not feel safe. Yet in Thailand, like, 
we went everywhere and just very safe. Yeah. Then we get to, I think it was honestly my favorite part of the trip, but we went to Chiang Mai. Oh, you know, a little piece of my heart is still there. It, it'll always be there, especially in that little, was it the, the Forest Cafe? Was yes. Was it called? Yes. Yes. It was right next to our hostel and I'm pretty sure we ate there every single night. <laughs> yeah, I think we did. And so if you are going to Thailand, put Chiang Mai on your list. It is a beautiful, beautiful city. It's a very old city that is actually surrounded by a moat. Mm-hmm. And it still has uh, some of the old, I don't know if they're castle walls, but um, the moat walls around the city. And there is just copious amounts of things that you can do. Mm-hmm. And it really is the place for like the expats, the long-term travelers, you know, you really got a good mix of of everyone in that city. Yet it wasn't so large that, you know, you didn't feel like you were in Bangkok and couldn't, you know, navigate anything. I think within like less than a day, we knew where everything was in that city. Yeah, it honestly felt like a rather large town. And one thing that was super great about it was that when we were in Bangkok, it felt like we were really thrust into the life of the people, where Mm -hmm. in Chiang Mai, it was more of a mix, where there was still the people who lived there, like bustling around you, like going to work, all this stuff. And then there was also like a really strong traveler presence. So it was almost like a mix. Yes, you know what and, I'm saying? Yes, and also you had a nice mix of uh, like a, a simple, slower-paced life, mm-hmm. yet you still had lots of options. You know, if you kind of want to experience uh, the true culture, it's all right there. But also, you know, if you want to go to a shopping mall. It's right there as well. Yes, so that was just like the perfect city. Yeah, and you can also get spaghetti at the restaurant. Yeah, it was very important to us is that every so often we were like, I kind of just want some spaghetti. Yes. Now, in our show notes, we are going to list all the hostels that we stayed at, but this one will stand out in my mind forever because it's the most gorgeous hostel we had stayed at, and it was called Hostel by Bed, and right next door was the most amazing restaurant called The Rainforest was it the rainforest? No, it wasn't the rainforest cafe. It was I, the, the forest cafe. I think it was just the forest. I, I almost said rainforest cafe as well. And I was like, I uh, it's definitely not the rainforest cafe. <laughs> no, but it was this beautiful restaurant. It had a Parisian style to it, yet it was all out in a garden under these gorgeous trees surrounded by birds. And you had, oh my God, the pad thai there. Still the best pad thai I've ever had in my life. It was I'm so good. just say it. it, it nothing's so been good. taught since then. Yeah. And we really, really learned how to uh, handle spice on that trip because when we first started, we were like, no, no spice at all. And then by the end of it, we were like, give me the fresh chili peppers, please. And we're like, grate those things on there. Yeah, just throw it on. <laughs> we're, we just can handle it. Just throw it right on. <laughs> uh, it was great. It was great. Yes. Um, so safety for, for Chiang Mai, Rachel, what would you rate that as? Oh, I felt so safe. Yes. yes. Pretty much everybody just wanted you to have a good time and you could just ask somebody like where something was or you could ask them for like advice on where to go and they would be super friendly and honestly, they would probably just take you right there if they could. 
Yeah. And I swear, some people, if like you needed a place to have dinner, they would just invite you home for dinner. Be like, it's fine. Just come eat with my family. (laughs) Like they're so kind hearted. It's amazing. Yeah. I honestly remember leaving because we had to, I think we were there for a week and then we had to go down south. Mm-hmm. And I remember being so sad that I almost was like, can we just not? <laughs> we could have just stayed there the whole time. Yep. And I would have been happy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, this hostel was like fantastic. And honestly, it was nicer than some hotels that I've stayed in. And that it was a fraction of the cost. And going back to people who want to travel on the budget, literally your plane ticket to get there will probably equal the same amount of money that you're going to spend your entire trip like it was crazy how cheap things were and we were really living the high life like we didn't stay in any hotels but really from everything that we read the hostels were the the place to be because they were so nice yeah i'm pretty sure we had every single meal we just ate out yes we, (laughs) we ate every meal out yeah, when we got to Australia, that definitely changed. <laughs> yeah, by that point, we're like, okay, this is a lot more expensive. <laughs> one meal cost one night to stay in, in Thailand. <laughs> we're like, we don't have the funds for this. No. But yeah, it was great. And especially if you've traveled much and you've been in your fair share of hostels, I think we all understand how valuable it is to have a bed with like the curtain. Oh my God, I never knew that before. It was so nice because it was like there was a lot of people in our room, but people were super respectful, and you kind of just had a little cubby that you created for yourself. Yes, yes, I think there were about ten girls, so we were we were in a girls' dormitory, I guess at, mm-hmm. at that hostel. So yeah, there were about ten beds, and you would just close that curtain at night, and you were like literally in your own little bedroom. Yeah, and I think uh, everyone was super super respectful. I don't think we ever had anybody wake us up. No, I don't recall that at all. So, I mean, we did like bring earplugs, guys. Just bring earplugs. Yes, that is helps. That is something that is a requirement if you are staying at a hostel. Earplugs, just get them. Bring a few. Yeah. So that's on accommodation. And we even touched a bit on food. One of the most incredible uh, experiences that we did was go to a Thai cooking school yeah that was that was amazing and um this is the great thing about staying at at hostels is because you're going to meet uh lots of different people who are there doing experiences so you know it's so easy to talk to them and figure out you know what what's good to to see and to do but even the front desk of your hostel like they have countless brochures and they know exactly where to go. And we had a free night that we didn't really have anything planned. Mm-hmm. And so I think I remember we had we had just gone up to the front desk and said, hey, you know, what's something that we could do tonight that would be fun? And they're like, you need to go to this cooking school. And yeah, that was so good. Um, so how that worked was we had a van come pick us up right at our hostel. So we didn't have to worry about trying to get anywhere. Mm-hmm. And they dropped us off at a market and that market was massive like honestly take three walmarts and just put it all together we helped our uh, teacher the the head chef buy all the ingredients and then we got back in our van went to their house 
and then just started cooking. And oh my gosh, the things that we learned was so amazing. I still have that cookbook and I really oh, me too. Make and I use it. From it. Yeah, like we actually got to go home with a cookbook. And, you know, to this day, we can make all of these dishes now. So that is something. If you are going to a culture that is different from your own, sign up for a cooking class because you will not regret it. And then I found after that, when we were going out to eat at different restaurants, I had so much more appreciation of what I was eating because when we were at the market, um, they were really giving us a lesson about some foods that we typically would never see back mm-hmm. home. So, you know, when you saw it on the menu, you're like, oh, that's what that tastes like. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That was that was a really great thing. And I don't think it was very expensive either. I think it was like 20 bucks. No, it wasn't expensive at all. And I just remember that that market was the first time where we got dried mango. Oh, my God. Mango. Oh, it was so good. <laughs> I think we just lived off mango. We really did. So that was a really, really fun night that we had. But we also did a lot of experiences where ethics, I think, was a big part of what we had to consider. Mm -hmm. So there were three things that we did that kind of we needed to touch on ethics for, one of which maybe we probably shouldn't have gone to go and do, but that's okay because you make mistakes sometimes. So we went to a night zoo. And we went to go uh, visit some tigers. And we also went to go and visit the elephants. Can you guess which one was the questionable one out of those three people? Everyone is going to say the tigers, but it was actually like a good place that we went to. Yes. And, um, you know, animal ethics are definitely priority if you are going to be doing any experiences. And that's why we actually had researched where we were going um, with the tigers and the elephants before we even got to Thailand Mm -hmm. because, you know, you really do hear awful, awful horror stories and we did not want to be supporting those kinds of businesses. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's definitely – like they're not all bad. Um, Some people might say that they are, but Mm -hmm. when you really do your research, you got to really sift through – a lot of of bad businesses but and you do find the ones that that are actually um places that are that are rescuing these animals so just disclaimer there like make sure you do your research before you you select any experiences in thailand because there are a lot of questionable ones out there yeah especially with the tigers which just emphasizes the need for research even more yes definitely Yeah. Before we get into like the tigers and the elephants, which were like the awesome experiences, we're just going to touch briefly on the night zoo because it was just a zoo. We were like, oh, this would be a cool thing to go and do. And majority of it was okay. Like it was just a regular zoo. I mean, I know we all have our own kind of feelings about zoos and not loving large animals being in cages. But the one thing that was iffy for us and we didn't know about it until we got there was that they almost ran a bit of a circus show within the zoo. Yeah. And that was something we didn't realize that was going on at that place when we, when we had decided to go. And I think in hindsight, like had we known that there were, that there were shows, um, we definitely would not have gone. Mm -hmm. So you know, when we were there and realized it, we decided not to partake in watching any of those shows. And they had like a a night tram 
that went around the whole zoo. That was a mm-hmm. little bit more traditional to, you know, what you would see at the Toronto Zoo or um, a North American mm-hmm. zoo. So, yeah, that that's something you definitely want to look into and ask questions before you, before you go. So don't go to the night zoo. If you're in Chiang Mai, don't go to the night zoo. Yeah. And we're just kind of bringing it up to just reference, you know, when you're traveling, like you're not perfect. And sometimes you make mistakes and you go places that you shouldn't have, maybe shouldn't have gone to. And that's okay. You kind of just take that lesson as it is and you know better for next time. Exactly. And on the flip side, I think a lot of people who go to Thailand on their Instagram, you see them with elephants. And this is one, you know, we definitely researched a lot before we went Mm -hmm. because um, it wasn't until we started looking and booking experiences that we found out that a lot of this was an issue. So one of the going back to, you know, you don't know what you don't know. So that's why just do your research before you go anywhere. And mm-hmm. with the elephants, it's very important to pick places that um, don't let you ride the elephants. If yes. they have people riding the elephants, run as fast as you can. Um, it's not an ethical place. So, you know, they might say that they're uh, a sanctuary, but if you're seeing them trying to you know, make the elephants do shows or or get on them. Do not spend your money or support those businesses. So the one that we went to, um, it was an actual sanctuary and you could read up on all of the different uh, elephants that had been there. Um, there were two there at the time and they had been rescued from uh, performers mm-hmm. and they were just living out their lives in this happy little sanctuary that was massive. Yeah, they they pretty much just have a set schedule and they will participate in that schedule whether you're there or not. So yep. <laughs> it has literally just their life and occasionally they have somebody come feed them bananas. Yes, and so kind of the activities that we got to do at this sanctuary, um, first of all, we drove through a monsoon to get yeah. there. That was yeah. Crazy. That was a lot. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was almost carsick, <laughs> like driving on the side of cliffs in a monsoon. I was like, oh dear God, we are not making it to this place alive. Yep, but we did make it, and you get to wear these beautiful um, outfits that are kind of like a, they're kind of like scrubs, but very yes. large, <laughs> very large yes. scrubs, and um, we got to meet two lovely ladies and Mm -hmm. um, I think the first thing we did was make them like banana rice balls so oh no 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 we just no that was the first thing we did we made them the rice balls at the in the afternoon because it was their lunch time before they went mudding in the morning we just fed them bananas oh did we just give them bananas okay I don't remember Yes, and like the little one, literally, she would see bananas and go. Her eyes would just like go crazy. She yeah, would she'd so freak excited. out. She'd be like, "Oh my god, they're feeding me!" <laughs> yes, they just fed and, me, but I want more. And, and it was a super rainy day. Still, thankfully, the monsoon kind of had ended by that point. But it was like baby elephant heaven. Yes, and you know, I feel like that a lot of people when they go on activities. If the weather's not perfect, they're like, oh, it's going to be terrible. Mm-hmm. But 
we met a very special man at the Elephant Sanctuary, and he's actually the reason why we say live like tea at the end of all of our episodes. You guys are finally going to hear the story behind Live Like Tea. (laughs) This is kind of what spurred on that we need to talk about Thailand because I'm like, I feel like no one understands what we say, Live Like Tea. So listen up. There was this man, he works with the elephants every day and he was kind of like our our main guide and being around him was literally being around a ray of sunshine. He just never wore shoes. I think even on the bus when he picked us up, he's like, I don't need shoes. I don't like shoes. And we're like, okay, cool. All right, man. Sounds good. We have these cheap little flip-flops, but okay. That broke. (laughs) Yeah, that broke (laughs) five minutes after we got there because of all the mud. Um, Mm -hmm. And he brings us under the building and we're getting dressed to go meet the elephants. And he is like, you guys are in for a treat. Yeah. Because we just had a monsoon. And this is an elephant's favorite day. So that immediately turned the mood of everyone around. And we just like, okay, we're going to get wet. And he's like, it's just water, people. It's just water. It's just water. (laughs) The elephants are ready to play. And we're like, okay, this is going to be amazing. And, you know, he told his life story about how he wanted to start working with elephants. And I believe it was um, he had been five years old. and there was a man who would actually walk around his neighborhood with an elephant yeah, and kind of let the kids feed him and pet him. And he would always ask him questions and all that. And that's when he really became passionate about um, caring for elephants. Mm-hmm. So that is why we live like tea, because you should always just find the good in everything. You know, rain is just water. I know I've told myself that millions mm-hmm. of times after that. Yeah, And you just can't let bad things stop you from doing anything. T would be probably very surprised to know he's on a podcast right now. I know. I feel like he'd be really excited though. Oh, probably. He would be like, that's cool as hell. Can I come on? I know, right? He'd be like, let's talk about elephants. We'd be like, absolutely. Come talk about elephants. Yeah. But no, he he left a pretty big impact on both of our lives, I think. Yeah. And I think for the rest of that trip when there was like either kind of a a crummy day or a situation we weren't too sure about we're like hey we're just gonna live like tea let's just do it right yeah one time we literally just ran around in our brand new outfits because we went shopping in australia in the pouring rain just because he would probably do that yeah so that's what we did yep so if it's rain just go out and dance in it that was what we learned from tea yep So if you're going to Thailand, uh, hit up Elephant Heaven because it's the shit. Yes. And we will put the the name and contact and everything down. So if you're going to Thailand, you can meet T as well. Yep. He's probably still there because he 100% has dedicated his life to those two. Yes, he has. And I love it. Yes. All right. Well, that's the elephants. Um, Cost-wise on that, I think it was max $100 a person. I think so. Yeah. It was, it was like the most yeah. expensive, one of the most expensive things we did in Thailand. Yes. So the elephant sanctuary that we went to, it was like a subgroup of a larger sanctuary. We wanted like an experience where we spent the whole day with them. 
So if you're just going for, you know, the one or two hour experiences, then yeah, just like just book it when you're there. But if you want to do that like day long thing like we did, we booked probably like a month in advance. Yeah, you want to definitely make sure um, you're guaranteed a spot, especially like, you know, going to ethical sanctuaries. I think there were about like 10 people on our trip mm-hmm. and we got lunch there. Um, we had snacks and really we spent the morning like just feeding and walking around with the elephants. And then in the afternoon after lunch, we had made them their little rice ball snacks. Um, and then we had a huge, massive mud fight with elephants, which was incredible. Yeah. We were covered head to toe in mud. Um, but, you know, that was something that people don't get to do when when it's not raining. So that was a very special treat. And then we all got to go mm-hmm. swimming in the river with the elephants. Mm-hmm. And if you have never seen a baby elephant slide down on her belly into a river your heart will just burst it was so cute yeah although you have to watch out for the stampede yes so that definitely it was like so fun but there were a couple times where when we were playing in the mud I was like I might die today I know you're like I might just have an elephant roll on top of me but it's fine it's a good way to go it's fine but I have um I was looking on my phone the other day and I have a picture of like the baby who is basically just doing a downward dog face plant into the mud at one point (laughs) (laughs) just for fun yep just for fun yeah so 10 out of 10 recommend that experience but do your research before you go And make sure that you already are living like tea before you get there. Yes. So that was one of two super impactful experiences for us. And the next one, it's going to sound controversial, but you have to also hear us out about why we decided to do this. So we went to go and visit tigers. So this was one of the experiences where they would let you go into the cages with them. And if they had cubs, you could go and play with the cubs. And correct me if I'm wrong, Laura, but you and I were very iffy about this. Yes. Before we got there. Yes. Because we, you know, like we're super animal oriented. Like we really, really love animals. And like, heaven forbid, we contributed to a place that was abusing their tigers that wouldn't have been okay with us. Yeah. And even when we got there, we had decided, okay, like if if something doesn't seem cool, then we're going to leave. Yeah. And we did our own research, but who really kind of like turned our perspective into being completely okay with going to see these tigers was our tour guide that day mm-hmm. who we literally wound up with her like so randomly yes and she was amazing and I think I still have her business card so mm-hmm. I'm going to dig that out and we will put it in the show notes because she was so knowledgeable and any questions mm-hmm. we had um she was happy to answer them and she was just a wonderful person. Yeah. And it was literally just the two of us. So she just carted us around even to places that weren't on our itinerary that day. Yeah. She was just like- Just because she wanted to. Yeah. She was just like, I don't have anything else booked today. You guys want to go for a drive? We're like, okay. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Sounds good. But yeah, so she, we honestly drilled her for the entire drive because that was her job was literally to take people back and forth to this place. So she was very knowledgeable about it. And she was a secondary party. Like she wasn't connected to it. It wasn't like she worked for, uh, what was it called again? I don't want to say the name in case I say the wrong one because there is one that's really bad 
And I would just hate to say that name. Yeah. We say the wrong thing. So we still have that card, that ticket though too. So we will put that in the in the show notes as well. Just I just don't want to say it just in case I say the wrong one. Yes. So like she didn't work directly for that company. She was an external travel, like I guess agent in a way. So, you know, it wasn't like it was a enticing or an incentive to lie to us. And she like explained the legal side of things and what those kind of places, how they are required to treat their animals. So that was really, really good because I, I don't want to say the wrong thing either. But there, let's just say there's lots of regulations in place that keeps them safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then just a little bit of um, background on the actual tigers that are there. So it was very interesting to to learn that uh, most of them, like all all the ones that that you could, you know, be around, they had been born in captivity. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. any tiger that had been rescued, um, they actually lived in in a separate part of the sanctuary. And I remember there being like a fence with like, little window cutouts that mm-hmm. you could kind of like stick your face in and see them mm-hmm. out in this um, huge natural habitat. So they actually don't um, connect with the public at all. Mm-hmm. And when a tiger turns five, they are considered full grown and then become more aggressive. And that is when mm-hmm. um, the tigers that are uh, available for people to to see, they they would then, you know, retire essentially, and they go to live in the the other sanctuary. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like a nature park. Yeah. Yeah. It was sort of how it started was that the tigers that they had brought on that they kind of rescued, they weren't able to survive. Yeah. It's not like they could return them to the wild. Yeah. Yeah. It was. And we also kept a pretty strong eye on their keepers as well, just to make sure like, okay, how do they treat them? And it was like literally watching like a man with their dog. Yeah, like the, it was like such a friendship. Yeah, the connection that they have is is pretty amazing, I thought. And there were yep. special, special rules, you know, being in the in the cage. And I know like mm-hmm. my heart was pounding out of my chest. Um yep. when we didn't even see the largest tigers when we were when we were there. They got bigger. But, you know, we mm-hmm. had we had a comfort level of, you know, okay, if I'm being yeah. taken down, <laughs> I don't want something too big. Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna lie. There's something about literally just like a tiger just staring at you. Yeah, they'll stare into your soul. Yeah. At one point, I was kind of like close to one, and then it was sitting down and like just literally staring at Laura. Yes, I was taking Rachel's up. picture, and it got up and started walking towards me, and I'm like, I'm fucking dead. <laughs> oh, I was gone. I was gone. On the I other was just side. like, there's a tiger walking towards me, and the. And the the handlers, they kind of like redirected him a little bit, but he wanted to go talk to like another tiger that was behind me. And I'm like, I think yeah. I almost just died. <laughs> yeah. So it was a pretty impactful experience. Like tigers are my favorite animal for sure. So it was literally a dream come true for me. And I was also very glad to have had our tour guide. No, she was fantastic. And I'm going to make sure I, I put her contact down below so you can hit her up if you are going to Chiang Mai because she Mm -hmm. also took us to 
like a lot of different places. You know, she told us the best places to eat in town, the best streets to um, explore and shop on. Yeah, no, it was really, really cool. And that was, I think, pretty much the last thing that we did there. Yeah, that, that's pretty much Chiang Mai. Where did we go next? So we hopped on a plane back to Bangkok. And uh, fun thing, Bangkok has two airports. And yep. sometimes your connecting flight will be at a different airport. Um, so yes, we did the north. Love northern Thailand. It's incredible. But we wanted to see more of Thailand. So we went down to the south. Uh, down to the islands, and we stayed on a little island called Koh Lanta. And a nice little Airbnb, and we got our own rooms for a bit, and a kitchen. It was great. <laughs> oh my god, it was this beautiful little condo right on the on the beach. And anywhere else, I don't think we could have been able to afford that. No. But the ocean is incredible. It is just a giant bathtub. It's so clear. It looks exactly like all the pictures that mm-hmm. you see of of Thailand and oh my god it is so salty that you literally just float there yep it's don't not very wavy it's not very wavy though so if you want to surf don't go to Koh Lanta yeah that was not the surfing hotspot I think there are different places around um the southern islands that that are better but the water was very calm in, yes. in the place that we were it's also super hot Yes, down there oh like gosh. a lot hotter than it was up north so yes. i'm not gonna this section of the episode might be like slightly boring experience wise because we slept a lot because it was too hot to go outside until about 3 p.m yeah like we would literally go out between 8 and then by 10 30 we were back inside and mm-hmm. we, would, we would usually stay inside till about like three o'clock because it yeah. was so hot and just for us, like, you know, we're from Canada. You know, we like the heat, but it was over, like, 40. Yeah. During, like, if it's during, like, high noon. Like, if it's hot enough and sunny enough for us to get a tan, it's too hot. Yeah. It's a microwave. <laughs> yes. But one really, really fond memory from Colanta that wasn't just us napping all the time was we kind of became regulars at another restaurant. We really don't like to shake things up that much, it seems. No, we literally that, went only to this one restaurant because it was so good. And it, it had so cats good. everywhere. And it had cats. On our last morning, we went there and we were like, oh, it's our last morning. Like, this is the last time we'll see you. And we wanted to get banana pancakes. It had just kind of become our thing. When we were leaving yeah. places, we seemed to always eat banana pancakes. But this guy, the owner, didn't have bananas. And I am not kidding, he left to go to the closest market to buy bananas just for our pancakes. Yeah, he was such a nice man. Like, he expected us, like, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And actually, at when we did have the, the Airbnb, we cooked a couple meals mm-hmm. for ourselves. But um, there wasn't that same, like, uh, food market place that there had been up in in Chiang Mai it was very small so Mm -hmm. it was kind of difficult to get uh proper ingredients and so yeah we just kind of became patrons at this man's restaurant and he was like yeah girls whatever you want here's here's a cat you can sit with while you eat your your (laughs) breakfast yeah it was great so that's probably my favorite memory from Koh Lanta really yeah that was amazing and it's it's very 
um, very simple for amenities down there. Um, there are islands that have like a bit more of the the beach parties, but um, because we were doing so much in Chiang Mai, we didn't really want to have like the craziness of mm-hmm. going to like the Moonlight Festival and and or the Full Moon Festival, uh, whatever it's called. Full moon so party. that's kind of we, we yeah the full moon party that's why we kind of chose a quieter island um it's got laundry service though i think it was 25 baht at the side of the road yeah um you might come back and your clothes might not be there you don't know yeah it's a yeah, surprise so, yeah we it was at the end of our driveway of our where our airbnb was so we we tossed our clothes in the in the laundry machine said a prayer uh, went to see our buddy for for breakfast, and I think we both walked back like two times just to make sure our clothes weren't there because they were like yep. literally all of our possessions. <laughs> yeah, so it was pretty great. It was um, good times in Colanta. We are pretty introverted too, so like the full moon parties and stuff weren't really our speed. Yeah, I found like any situation where it was really touristy. We just weren't drawn to it as much. Like we we kind of enjoyed um, the little bit more lifestyle pace of the locals. Like they had great stories and I found them a lot nicer than tourists. Mm-hmm. So we definitely had more fun like getting to know them than all the people who are just vacationing. Yeah. And cost-wise, this was the most expensive part of our trip because we got the Airbnb, but we literally had a whole condo for ourselves, and it was like maybe $450. Yeah, and it was a for beautiful the place. It had air conditioning. It was clean, um, nicest owners. We each got we, our own bathroom. Yeah, own bathroom, own bedroom. And I think we had – did we have a TV as no, well? we used your no. iPad. <laughs> yeah, we used my iPad. Okay, I'm like, we, I'm like, we watched movies, but – Yes. I think it did have Wi-Fi. Yes, it did have Wi-Fi. Yes. We watched The Emperor's New Groove. Right. right. We watched a <laughs> lot of Disney movies on that trip. Yes. Yes, we did. So do you have anything else on Colanta? It kind of, we were pretty nappy during that that part of the trip, so. Yeah, that was just kind of like our actual rest and relaxation leg of, of Thailand. Um, yeah, that's that was pretty much all. About Kalanta, safety wise, um, I felt pretty safe. You are going to get approached a little bit more by like uh, tuk tuk drivers because that is where all the tourists hang out. So they're going to want to, um, you know, pick you up and, and take you places and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but never felt unsafe. You just kind of get used to people hollering at you to yeah, yeah, get on like- their little tuk tuk. <laughs> Yeah, and you kind of come to expect that in touristy areas no matter where you are. So, yeah, it was fine. Like, we walked home pretty, like, tipsy one night, and we felt perfectly fine. So, yeah. Yeah, but – Yeah, I think I think the the main advice is – and I don't know, maybe this is just something my, my parents have always told me wherever I go is, like, you just don't go on the beaches at night. Yeah. You know, stay, yeah. stay where the people are, um, you know, that's but that's just being smart. Mm-hmm. But – Thailand overall, pretty safe, safe. pretty safe country. Like I can see why people go back time and time again and do solo trips Mm -hmm. um, because really it's like, it's called the land of smiles for, for a reason. They are literally the nicest people. Yeah. Well, that takes us to our final point to kind of round out 
this episode because we can definitely talk about Thailand for like hours. Um, it's just our tips uh, that we learn on how to be respectful. So a lot of this is definitely based around clothing choices because for one, it's super hot. So you want to dress in fabrics that are breathable. But especially when you're visiting temples or around the local people, kind of like, how would you describe it? Um, Dress for, a bit more modestly. Yes. Like, and, and it can be that, so for temples, um, you know, they're, they're not going to really say anything if you do show up and you're not appropriately dressed. But I think it's very important before you go anywhere to learn what you can about the culture so you can respect their customs. So if you're going to temples or anywhere sacred, um, try to keep your, your shoulders covered, um, your chest, and, um, you know, try not to wear shorts. That's why, like, linen pants were our best friend because we could mm-hmm. stay cool, but we were also covered. And, you know, it, it is very hot during the day. But even if you carry around, like, I think we had a, a scarf or a shawl yeah. each. And literally, if you just wrap that around, like, your neck and your shoulders – when you're in temples, you're good to go. So yeah. just being super respectful about how you dress. Also with your shoes, um, for a lot of the temples, uh, it's very improper to wear your shoes into anyone's home or uh, a temple. So you will always see like a pile of flip-flops or toms or whatever you're wearing outside the uh, the door. So just make sure you are respectful and you're taking off your shoes before you go anywhere sacred. Yes. And they will be there when you come back. It's okay. It's not like someone's going to steal your shoes. Yeah. No. It's all it's all good. And then when you get down to the islands that are a bit more party central. Then- it's Yeah. It's, it's very much more like relaxed. Like they're more used to how tourists are. Um, but definitely when you're in like the small towns, uh, it's different. Yeah. We definitely got some crochet tops for the islands. Um, also, like linen skirts, like floor-length linen skirts, mm, good choice. Best friend. Airflow, excellent. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you have any more tips or? I think I have one more tip where, right. you know, you should always learn at least one word of the place you're going. Yes. And so I, I think we'll let you know what hello is in Thailand because you will hear it everywhere and you always have to say it in an upbeat manner because this is how upbeat the uh, people of thailand are Mm -hmm. and so that is sabadika yep do you remember that one rachel i do (laughs) i kind of (laughs) forgot for a minute and i was like oh yeah that is how you say it yeah so if you're going to thailand remember the word sabadika um because everyone will say it to you whether you speak thai or or whatever language you speak, and it's just a friendly greeting. They know you don't speak um, their language, and many of them are very good at speaking English, but I think it's always nice to make an effort. So helps to learn a few words. So there you go. There's your first word on when you go to plan your trip to Thailand. You heard it here first, guys, mm-hmm. on the tea yeah. with Laura and Rachel. <laughs> yes. Oh, one thing we did not talk about that's maybe important Mm-hmm. Um, vaccinations. Oh yeah, yeah. That just came to mind. We had we had yeah. so many vaccinations before going to Thailand. Yeah. Um, go to like kind of like our in Ontario. It's like Passport Health or something. 
So there's like certain places that you can go that are dedicated to travel vaccinations and what do you need? So we kind of went to ours and basically we're like, okay, we're going at this time. Like, what do we really, really need? Like what's active? How much, like, are you exposed to something during this period of time or not? I think there was like one or two that we decided not to do because it was kind of like just recommended, but not really like required or like strongly recommended. But yeah, we yeah definitely- for, for us, I think it was like the rabies because like they're like, oh, are you going to be handling like monkeys and stuff? And we're like, no, no. not our scene. And also malaria. Um, and that the malaria one was strictly based on where we were going in Thailand. They asked us um, all the places we were staying and we were not in malaria hotspots. So that's why we did not get that one. Um, ones that we did get, obviously, I think we both had to uh, boost up our, our hepatitis shots. So we got that. Mm-hmm. got the flu shot. Um, and then we got Japanese encephalitis. Yeah. Just in case, you know. See, that's, in case. that one was just scary. And I was like, yeah, I'll spend the money on this. Yeah. I'm like, that's fine. You can just put that in my body and then we're yes. good to go. Did we, uh, did we then, get typhoid fever? I think, yes, that, that was the one we familiar. had to take the pill. Yes. Didn't we have to get, we had, that was a shot or a pill. Yeah. Um, and then one I highly recommend, and I think I will actually take it before I go a lot of places was the Ducarol yes. um, drink. So it's like a, a drinkable vaccine. You drink half of it one day and then you wait like a few days or a week and you drink the second dose mm-hmm. um, because we did not have any issues when it came to eating any of the food on our on our trip. Um, so I would recommend the, the Ducarol for sure. Yes. And make sure to do this uh- – pretty in advance because I think uh, with the Japanese encephalitis, it was two shots and they had to be like a month apart. So just- Yeah, uh, yeah. we had started our vaccines in August and we left in, in January. Yeah. So yeah, we definitely had a few months to make sure. And then the Ducrol, I think you take like six weeks before you leave. I'm probably wrong on that, but- it was a little closer too. It like don't quote us on this, guys. We're just saying to maybe start doing it like a like five months in advance. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just so you know, you get all of your booster shots in, exactly. and then also um, customs. So you don't really need a visa to get into Thailand. Um, nothing that you really have to apply for. However, if you want to leave Thailand and go to Australia, <laughs> you need. You need a visa. We did not know this. And Rachel and I, like, we did our homework before leaving on our trip because we wanted to make sure there was nothing we were missing. Yeah. And when you roll up to an airport and you have to fly to Hong Kong and then make your connecting flight to uh, Cairns in in Australia, um, if you get stopped and told that you can't leave the country because you didn't buy the visa – you literally shit your pants. It was pretty scary, especially when our flight <laughs> left in three hours. Yes. Yeah. So we had to spend about a hundred bucks each to get like a, a fast. I think we had our visas within like half an hour. I remember mine took like 31 minutes and yours like was 28. And I was like, oh God, Rachel's leaving the country without me. Oh my God. It was so, it was, <laughs> it was terrifying. It was terrifying. Um, so I think when we had looked into it, uh, it was actually a fairly new thing mm-hmm. that had just come up. So um always always check back right before you leave to make sure yeah you know there isn't a visa just like if you're just if you're going to australia in general you need it yeah uh meanwhile because we're a commonwealth country we just walked right into new zealand 
I know. They're like, oh, you're Canada? Get in here. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, no security. They're like, oh, Canadians, get in here. Yeah, we literally just walked through. Like, there wasn't even a customs person. But that's a story for another day. Yes. Yes. Well, that wraps up our Thailand experience. I hope that you guys liked it because we really, really loved that trip. And we hope that finally understanding uh, where Live Like Tea comes from has added some joy to your life. Yes. And, you know, if you have any questions for us of what we did in particular, we're going to try our best to put everything that we can down in the show notes of of where we stayed and where we went. Um but if you still have more questions, send us an email. Yeah. Get in touch with us because we're, we're here to help if, if we can and you want to go to this country. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know, maybe we, we open it up if, if you have any stories you want to share about your time in Thailand. I know I would definitely like to hear them. So let us know. Yeah. And just it's on the question side and stuff. Like if you have any questions specifically about like the ethics when it comes from like the tigers or the elephants you know, ask us your questions or like share anything that you want. We're more than happy to hear and to learn. So absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the end. That's the end. So live like tea. Live like tea.